Hello, hello, hello. This is Anthony podcasting live in 2021. Today's episode is a reflection on the previous year, 2020. Some of the lessons learned through the experience of launching this nonprofit, I'd like to call them guideposts. And what I mean by that is if you've ever been on a hike or uh, a trail, and if not, I'll describe the experience. In those circumstances, like on a trail or a hike, sometimes you're walking on a path and there are these trail markers on the trees. Normally they're about maybe six foot off the ground from the tree, so you can see them within your eye line or visibility. And even in this moment, I'm noticing that I'm speaking from a place of privilege because not everyone would A, be able to see the trail. Not everyone has the ability to access a trail or even to move along on a trail. Uh, so important to acknowledge that going into in, in sharing a little bit about what I mean by guideposts. So on this trail, there are these markers and they kind of guide your journey. If you've never been on a trail that you're going to on the first time, it could be very easily to get lost, to stray away from that trail. And so here are some thoughts, some suggestions, some guidance from this entire experience that's been really a lot, a lot of stepping out of our comfort zone here and, and wanting to share some thoughts with you. Uh, kind of, here we go. One of the first guideposts that I'd like to share is, oh, and, and welcome to 2021, by the way. One of the first guideposts that I'd like to share is thoughtfully responding to people that reach out to you. Thoughtfully responding. You know, it's there's so much outreach that, you know, we do, and some of, so much of it gets lost in the email bin and other means, and as we go forward as an organization, I think it's really important for us to thoughtfully respond to people that reach out to us. I'll give an example. I gave a talk during the year, a virtual talk, uh, to Public Health Beyond Borders. I was invited there through one of our uh, past interns, Sarah, and there was about 80 people, and I, and I spoke a little bit about some of my mental health experiences in college and, and during that time. And afterwards, you know, I gave, you know, I gave my email and whatnot. And afterwards, you know, some people reached out. And it was really the way that they reached out to me was super thoughtful. And so I've you know, felt compelled to reach back out to them and, and want to connect, you know, deeper with them, really connect with them. So that's what we did. I set up a, a time to connect with uh, some of the humans that reached out and want to make a number of different, uh, notes about the experiences. One, refraining from advice giving. You know, they were a young, you know, they were in college. Um, you know, I've graduated from college. Ooh, I've got this expertise of blah, blah, blah. But in those conversations, refraining, I, I chose intentionally to refrain from giving advice. Now, I'm not perfect with that. I'll admit I give advice all the time. But in those moments, there's this power dynamic and 
it's important for me as a leader to be consciously aware that when this space, you know, when we're in this space, to refrain from giving unsolicited feedback and advice, which is what I constantly got all year. And I'm also aware that while sharing these guideposts, is that feedback? Is that guidance? Is that unsolicited advice? So there's something about that too in this podcast. So I connected with these human beings and in one of the conversations, it got very deep with, you know, vulnerability and sharing about mental health stories, experiences. And part of the reason that happened was because I was able to let go of an agenda. You know, I just kind of wanted to intentionally connect with this other human being that had been impacted by our collected presence. And so thoughtfully responding to outreach, I think is really important as we move forward and bring on more volunteers, staff, you name it, board members, interns, beneficiaries, people who are going through our programs, as much as possible we can devote towards being thoughtful, intentional about connecting with other human beings is so important. To me, it's the why. You know, I always say that in the conversations that, that people that I connect with, it's this is why this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, it's this human connection that is so hard and hard to find really in in kind of a professional connecting way you know there's always that what are the next steps or what's the agenda or what's this or that and so often that fails to really establish a meaningful relationship so at least for me just speaking from personal experience over the past year so that's kind of guidepost number one i'll just throw it out there i'll just see what happens see where it lands and the individuals that actually yeah, I'll, I'll share a little bit about this. The individuals that reached out, we connected. When we kind of was, when I, you know, checked in about, you know, our pro, th- things that we offer, what they're interested in, there was an alignment. And so they actually became invested in our programs, which is really awesome. And actually they were in, they were in our programs. They experienced that and, and it all happened as a result of, of, you know, thoughtfully responding. And I'm noticing some judgments now about speaking and how, oh, I'm going to delete that piece, but I think I'll leave it in just because the judging mind is here. The judging mind for me sharing this information with you in this moment, and maybe you're even noticing some judging mind. I don't know. I don't know. So the next guidepost is following every breadcrumb. And what I mean by this is when we were starting the nonprofit, there weren't programs. There, there wasn't, you know, we had some type of vision, some idea of what we wanted to do. And there was just outreach, like, let's just connect with everyone we can. And so I connected with one of my old Spanish teachers from Baltimore City Public Schools via Facebook, which I am soon to delete on, on my Facebook, <laughs> which is another story in itself. of itself. We connected and just from continuing to follow that trail of, you know, Facebook, meeting up, I think we talked over the phone, that led us to Mindful Living for Educators, which to this date has impacted over 140 educators. It's an eight-week program in the Baltimore City Public School System. It's impacted, you know, we've seen significant impact data uh, with a significant reduction in symptoms of uh, stress, anxiety, depression of upwards of 30%. Uh, we've seen 5% boost of psychological uh, well-being, around a 5% reduction in, in burnout. So there's a burnout prevention mechanism. 
in a lot of anecdotes and stories of impact that we will continue to share with our community. And this all happened because of a Facebook message and following that breadcrumb. And there's so many, they present themselves all the time. And so as we grow, and this is like me actually talking to myself in the future, like 10 years from now, Anthony, uh, as you know, you grow, as we grow, remembering that these opportunities arise every moment, every day, and making sure that there's space, time, and energy to pursue them so that we don't get tunnel visioned in, you know, what we think is right or what we think is working and really allow ourselves to change with the flow of culture and experiences that come our way. I think it's really important. Shifting now a little bit into uh, the next guidepost, which is really important in the realm of my life, which is seeing the weekends as a sacred space. Now, what that might sound like is not working on the weekends. And of and, I, and it's important to acknowledge that this is a privileged statement that there are many human beings on this planet that have to work every day, that are working multiple jobs to feed their families or to, to live, to just function, the basic necessities. So acknowledging that uh, within, this, within this experience that I'm sharing as well. To me, you know, for my mental health, energy, having that space that's separate from work, right? Evolving Minds is work. And I love Evolving Minds. And I'm so, I feel so passionate and compelled and, and alive. And I find so much meaning and purpose in this experience and its work. And there's a part of me that must disconnect and live life. You know, enjoy time with my girlfriend Fiona, reading books, seeing my parents, going on walks, being human. We forget, we often forget that that's, you know, really important and maybe even doing nothing. <laughs> and is that, you know, just kind of being. You know, what a radical, you know, suggestion. And so I have some rules of my own where I don't have any work talk on Sundays and I break it pretty often, but Fiona holds me to it and I've started to hold myself to it some more and yeah Sundays are completely no work no talk I don't know about Saturdays yet because for almost the past year and a half I've worked uh, the part-time job at mom's which has uh, run into the weekend as well Saturdays so I'm actually working 12-hour shifts Monday and Friday to to reduce that and some people are like what but that's to reduce not having to work on Saturday and really redefine that sacred space for me and how important it is for me in being alive and present and actually returning to work and build and create the days ahead. So if I can speak into the future here as we grow as much as possible, and I think Fiona is actually opening the door and I can see her peeking in... I don't think so. Bathroom pause. So we did just put it on a brief pause there. Uh, Fiona started this new challenge with her friend, drinking 80 ounces of water a day. And uh, she also suggested watching the documentary Rotten, which is uh, what she's watching right now. Uh, back, Kind of back to what I was saying around, you know, as we 
as we kind of set organizational policies in the future, I think it's really important that we set really strong boundaries and limits around working and not promoting a work culture and environment that extends into the weekend. You know, I, I would love for us to have a four-day week and the Friday is kind of like a work from home and you kind of, uh, you can take it as a mental health day if you want or you can finish up stuff, but you have that flexibility as you go into the weekend to kind of really disconnect and promote a balanced lifestyle. And, and that's one of my future goals and visions for Evolving Minds is to really promote that culture where wouldn't it be amazing if we kind of had our organizational, like our technology just shut off because I can't even control myself. I have these apps on my phone. I just go right in. I have to delete them. TikTok, Instagram, when I'm uploading to our social media, if I have them open, I'll just go to them at random times throughout the day. I have no self-control. <laughs> so I think it's important as an organization where like there's a there's a deep and strong sense of uh, some limits or boundaries when it when it involves working and technology use and really promoting that. Another one of our kind of markers, a guideposts on this path that we're all on is seeing our, all of ourselves as fundraisers, which can kind of be like, a, I don't know if I see myself as a fundraiser, in the sense that we are humanizing the fundraising process. Now, what that looks like for us in this past campaign where we raised almost $12,500 is that each person, each donation receives a handwritten card by me or others, you know, one day I envision, you know, a team full of volunteers, board members, interns, paid staff, you know, our beneficiaries all coming together to write thank you cards uh, and then send and putting an Evolving Mind sticker in every thank you card. I just love the idea of that, you know, putting our business cards in the card like, hey, reach out at any time with any questions. I, I, I would love to see that kind of culture flourish because when I donate to nonprofits nowadays, the automation, the autopilot, you know, the email or the, the, I don't even look at the notes because I know that there's nothing for me to really connect with there. And so I want to really humanize the fundraising process to, to make it fun, you know, with joyousness and laughter and to really, as the fundraising professionals will say, it's all about building relationships. So if in this sense, we can do that and see ourselves all as fundraisers, then I think we will be so rewarded and, and it will transform our organization. I, I see, you know, kind of as we move forward, I see us as really being like kind of like a grassroots uh, approach to fundraising, the small numbers, the large numbers. And something that really came to mind during this whole process of writing notes and emails and, and thank yous is the kind of the difference in mind state when someone donated hundreds of dollars or thousands versus someone that donated 10, 15. And I think it would be really neat. And I tried this to kind of do a blind strategy where you don't know how much they've donated and you treat every donation in the same way. Uh, or maybe not the same way, but just you, you, you humanize every donation and, and make it personal. That's what I mean by that. So going forward, I think this is a really strong strategy, and I'm excited about it. 
and I hope it will prevent burnout in our fundraising department and department. Like we have a fundraising department right now. That's hilarious. And this, this other guidepost, I think really speaks to me now. It's kind of been a helpful reflection in, in, and it definitely related to our kind of really fast-paced fundraising campaign. And and at the end of the day, here here's the other guidepost. It's remembering that it's a marathon and it's not a sprint here. You know, we're building something. We're building something for when, you know, whenever I leave this earth, that others will come in and f- grow, you know, and create this culture of care. You know, so we're building the frameworks the programs, the policies, and knowing that they will change. There's a constant evolution to this process. And then stepping back and remembering, oh, okay, there's time. Or or maybe there isn't. I don't really know. But but approaching it with more ease and bucking back, I think, against the cultural pressure of going, 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 nonstop and doing until you are so burnt out that you are unmotivated, and I know that feeling because I experienced it this year, and many of us probably did as well. So remembering that it's not, that it is, it is a marathon. Sometimes it's a sprint, but if we can see it kind of as, you know, a marathon, I think that can be helpful in remembering what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we're doing all of our work day by day. For example, today, I had a pretty light, you know, couple of hours, no real meetings, was working on more vision stuff. And there's the option to go on a walk with Fiona. And I explored that option. I went on that walk. And of course, my mind went into work mode. But it's important for us to take breaks. For example, going to do yoga today at four. I've built that into our my calendar. You know, I hope one day when we have an office, we'll have a space uh, where you can disconnect, maybe a tech-free zone in this in the office space, or a space where you can practice uh, movement, or you can practice mindfulness or meditation, or it's okay if you need to take a walk during the workday. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's, that's what, you know, what I mean by remembering that it's a marathon here. And the last guidepost, uh, it might be one of the more controversial ones, is that we are a startup, you know, remembering that we're a startup. And what I mean by that, you know, in the future when we're not necessarily a startup, is that there's there's a sense of a growth mindset where there's flexibility and the ability to let go in the moment. Oh, okay, yeah, let's drop that or let's move in the direction of that or let's change that goal or this date and this timeline, move it up, shrink it back. In the in essence, you know, what's best for evolving minds is the question I find myself asking more times, you know, more as a good guiding question. And within that startup, remembering that, you know, kind of a love for creating, building, designing, piloting, uh, letting go of things that aren't impactful. You know, the live stream wasn't really getting traction. It was draining my energy, my resources. See a live stream. You know, we had, there's things like that, that we can, you know, envision, you know, think about what is the impact uh, to our overarching vision, mission, and uh, pausing to remember that we are a startup. 
and there's room for error or failure or risk-taking or stepping out of your comfort zone, trying new things, that we want to build all of these relationships and, and really kind of cultivate that startup atmosphere within kind of a hybrid model of a nonprofit that is sustainably, you know, bringing in revenue and generating. Well, now I'm just getting into a lot of the. <laughs> we'll pause. We'll we'll stop there. We'll that that's 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 good enough for for this uh, this podcast. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, wow, no words, really no words. Uh, yesterday, one of our our you know board members asked how are you doing? And I just was like, yeah, I've, I've no idea, no idea how I'm doing. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm noticing in the moment having to tie the knot on, you know, the bow into this experience and make it, oh, you know, it is, you know, what it is and make it more than it is in this moment. But I think it, you know, here's some lessons learned from launching a, a nonprofit over the past year if some of these things resonate with you, amazing. Uh, and if they don't, then I hope that you do find something that resonates with you and that uh, builds community, prioritizes mental health or human connection, and really inspires others to care about each other uh, beyond the superficialities of the day-to-day and really into that uh, scary zone of human intimacy and vulnerability. Take care. Bye-bye.